Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. All right, welcome back live in the Prop Swap Studios, AM 1490 Sports Betting Radio, and it's it's time. It's time for your nightly dose, your nightly football fix with Johnny Mack, NFL Eagles insider. Follow him on Twitter at JFMcMullen, phillyvoice.com, and Sports Illustrated at si.com, and extending the play every Saturday morning from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m., and here we are, John. Shocker. Um, you know, for us people in the biz, they say the losses are, are more, uh, more fun than the wins. And there's a lot to get to after this loss. Doug venting on WIP this morning. He's pissed off. Um, <laughs> and I want to start with that. But how are you tonight? Uh, doing well. Yeah, I think Doug kind of piggybacked off Jalen Mills. Jalen said he was pissed off after the game. Everybody's pissed off. Everybody's angry. They're undefeated in the post-game pressers, and, you know, they, they know what to say. Um, listen, I, I want to start with the audio from Doug this morning, if that's okay, and then we can kind of backpedal from there because my honest assessment of that is it's just fake. Like, I smell fakeness from a <laughs> mile away, and, you know, I'm pissed off, Angelo. I am just pissed off, and it's just – I feel like John and, you know, I want, obviously want your opinion on this, but I feel like Doug is always so worried about the perception of the fans and the media and what the media is saying, um, you know, us against them type of mentality. I don't know what your thoughts thoughts are on all of it. Yeah, I mean, I, he, he definitely plays the us versus them card. He's been doing that since the Super Bowl season. I've questioned how many times you can go back to it. Um, so I, I agree with that part. He, he knows how to play the game. I mean, he was angry after the game. It was evident. Uh, and I don't blame him. Uh, he's probably peeling some pain off the locker room. I, uh, he, he was definitely angry. But I, I do think he also knows how to play the game. And you, you can even see it when he's talking. To, I always joke when he's talking to television people, he, he turns into a different guy when he's talking to you know, Angelo and his, his, his yeah. weekly spot, he knows he's got to be a certain way to mm-hmm. uh, kowtow to the fan base. I don't, I don't know how you want to explain it. Ultimately, I think he's like every other coach in the NFL. He doesn't care that much about what the fans think, but you got to pretend like you care what the fans think, if that makes sense. Well, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, especially in this city, you know, in Philadelphia, they, uh, they want you to care, um, you know, and I'm sure if he was doing the complete opposite, I would be, you know, re- re- reacting um, 
accordingly. But I just wanted to at least start with that because that's what's standing out at least today. Um, but let's let's backtrack, like I said, and talk about this game and the two things that stand out. And Coach, um, you know, really, this is the main two things he's been talking about: the eleven penalties and zero for nine on third down. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, the zero for nine is just ridiculous. Uh, how you play sixty minutes of football and and not convert a, a third down is pretty amazing, uh, if you think about it. And you know, I was the one who asked Doug the question after the game. Now, in in his defense, he he obviously was coming off, and and you don't have the the ability to see the film and everything and he claimed it was too many third and longs but there were plenty of third and shorts especially early and and he kind of backtracked on that later in the press conference and and today as well um it's just not acceptable and then the penalties but i will tell you this ryan you know i i think the biggest problem with this team and this organization as a whole and i talked about this with our, our, our buddy Rich Q on extending the play on Saturday. Look, the Giants outplayed you for 55 minutes the first time. Mm-hmm. And they clearly just got done outplaying you again. Giants are a better football team right now. Right now, today, as we speak, the New York Giants are better than the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles don't think that. They think they shot themselves in the foot. They think it's because of their mistakes that they're not winning football games. But can't, but John, let me just chime into that because that's interesting. Like, can't both be true? Can't they be shooting themselves in the foot, but because of their lack of discipline and stupid mistakes, that makes them a less than of a football team, right? Yeah, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, obviously two things can be true at the same time, but I will say this, you know, people say, okay, there's 11 penalties. Well, what did the Giants have? I think seven when it ended up. I'm not sure. I don't, I don't have I the, think so. the game book in front of me. But uh, the point is, this is an NFL game, average NFL game. You're probably going to have eight to ten penalties, unfortunately. So, okay, they were a little high. But, I, I mean, what, you, you play a clean game, and you have six or seven penalties. I, I you know, I, I mean, some of that is 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 baked in. Now, the offsides, you know what a dumb penalty is and what isn't. Uh, sometimes you just get a bad PI call on you. Sometimes you get a, a questionable roughing the pass or whatever happens. I, I, I understand there were some bad penalties in there. But I don't think about and say, that's why the Eagles lost the game, because of those Dumb penalties. No, they lost the game because the Giants had better players who outplayed the Eagles. And that's my that's my takeaway. The issue here, and it, it starts with Carson Wentz, obviously, because I think everybody has chimed in about Carson Wentz. And I'm sure we'll get deeper into this, the latest being Mike Silver in the NFL Network. But everybody's got their theory on what's mm-hmm. wrong with Carson Wentz. I think it's ox and razor. Simplest explanation is is often the right explanation, usually. Personnel stinks, man. Matt Pryor stinks. Sue Pettis stinks. The receivers stink. Miles Sanders can't catch a football. He's an awful receiver. He's never in the right spot. These guys stink right now. That's the problem with the Philadelphia Eagles. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> 
they do stink. Okay. They do stink. But we were talking about this team and the guys, you know, a couple of the guys who just mentioned Miles Sanders, you know, Matt Pryor, obviously we weren't expecting his role to be at the level it's been at um, on and off throughout the year, but that's, these are their guys. And Miles Sanders had a solid rookie year as we, you and I've talked a lot about um, leading into this season, a lot of fans expectations of what his um, production would be this year was overblown. Um, But still, I think you and I could agree going into this year, Miles Sanders is a very, you know, solid starting running back in this league who is poised to have some positive progress. My point is they still have the weapons. They still had the weapons yesterday, John. On paper, they're a better football team than the New York Giants. So then what? Do we have to look more at the coach and the coaching staff? I mean, I don't like playing the blame game, but we play it. Like, what's wrong with this organization right now? Well, and that's the haughtiness I talk about. Typically, it, they are a better football team. If if Isaac Samuel is out there, Brandon Brooks is out there, if Zach Ertz is out there, um, if Alshon Jeffrey was healthy, if Deshaun Jackson was healthy, uh, and all these injuries, if those guys were out there, I would agree with you. They're a better football team. Well, they're not out there. Um and, you know, I, I, I talked about, to me, it was the interior guys. It was Opetta and Pryor specifically. But even Jason Kelsey had one of his worst games. And I don't know, it could have been because uh, he, he knew he had to help those guys so much. It was kind of wearing on him. And that could have created some of the bad snaps. Unfortunately, we didn't get to talk to Jason. Uh, usually he's above board, so he'll probably talk to us this week. But. I mean, if if you look at the game on film, and I rewatched it at, early in the game, Carson was getting killed. Interior rush, Leonard Williams was just devastating. Uh, the inside uh, of of that line, I think he hit Carson five times. And by the end of the game, even when they were holding up, Carson was expecting the pressure. Uh, and, and then it creates a, this, I called it the prophecy versus the self-fulfilling prophecy. Either it happened and the pass rush was there or it didn't happen and Carson thought it was going to be there by the end of the game. So I, I look at those two interior players and they just played pitifully throughout the game. And, and that has... I always talk about offensive football in this league. When you see bad offensive football, 98% of the time you can trace it back to the offensive line. If you can't block anybody, you can't have success offensively. That's what happened to the Eagles. That's what happened. And we can, we can argue because I didn't I, – you know, Doug has been through two press conferences after the game and now today – and it's tough to get in this Zoom environment. It's like Nate Herbig was dressed. And by the way, Nate Herbig is not great either. But why wasn't he playing? Mm-hmm. Why wasn't Isaac Sayamala playing? Remember, they started that 21-day practice window, trying to be cautious because he hasn't played since we – they wanted uh, to ramp him up. And, and guess what? You know what happened? They said, no. Oh, we're better than the New York Giants. We can buy Isaac another week. They did the same thing in week one against Washington. 
Miles Sanders was ready to go in week one against Washington. They said, ah, we can get by Washington. The haughtiness of this team is unbelievable. They still think they're the Super Bowl champions. They need these guys. This week at Zach Ertz, they started his practice window today on Monday. It, I was told Zach was ready to go this week, but he couldn't because he's on injured reserve, so he had to he had to sit out the three games. If he's ready to go, he better be out there. Isaac better be mm-hmm. out there. The best players need to be out here because guess what? You're not better than the New York Giants. You're not. So if no. somebody's available, put them on the field. So who's uh, who's that uh, continuing with the blame game? And this is we'll, we'll transition away from the blame game in a second. But is that the front office? That's Doug or is it both? I think it's a combination of both. I mean, they're both involved. Howie's involved with who's going to, to be on the game day roster. And by the way, people get all upset about that. That's every general manager in this league is involved uh, with that decision-making. So that's not rare. Um, And other teams have tried to buy weeks for injured players and tried to be cautious and thought they saw a weak opponent on the schedule and tried to get away with something. And sometimes you don't even think about it when it works, but when it doesn't work, you think about it. And if guys are healthy, this team's not good enough to play that game, is is my point. Mm-hmm. They're just... So if they have a better player who's been cleared by the doctors and they're worried about rust, no. Let them work that out on the field because guess what? Isaac Samala is going to be better than Matt Pryor or Sue Opeta, even if he's working out the rust issues on the field. Might not be great. But it'll be better. All right. So we're talking with John McMullen. Follow him on Twitter at JF McMullen, host of Extending the Play every Saturday morning right here on 1490 from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. Phillyvoice.com and Sports Illustrated at SI.com. There's so much to get to, John. I mean, I guess the the other big um, topic here after the game looking back is – the two-point conversion decision. Yeah, I mean, that's Doug. I, I, I talk about this all the time. I'm not going to kill him for that. In and, and a lot of ways, it's the Eagles in general. Uh, that's what they want to be. Uh, that's what uh, Ryan does. I mean, they do the math. They understand these situations. And I say this, and I say it all the time. People judge decisions. They don't judge uh, – people judge uh, results, excuse me. They don't mm-hmm. judge decisions. So they think they're judging the decision. If he makes it, they have no problem with it. Uh, but they didn't make it, so they have a problem with it. I, I, I don't uh, – I mean, you do the math, and you are. You lose the game by 10 points. It didn't have a big impact on the game. And it wouldn't have had a big impact on the game. But if they make it, uh, it puts you in a little bit of a better spot. So, I mean, the Eagles have been at the forefront of that type of thing. So, I understand what it is. And that's the way they're going to be. Uh, and, again, when they're all, you, all you'd have to do is go back to when they were successful. Everybody loved it. Oh, dog, so aggressive. Mm-hmm. We're so ahead of the team. Well, guess what? 
you're aggressive with talent, it's going to work out for you. Everything in this league goes back to personnel. You're aggressive with deficiencies on the personnel part of it. You're not going to look good. Decision's the same. Yeah. So, you know, I, 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 I don't, I have a tough time criticizing that kind of stuff. All right. Well, let's see what we can get you to criticize here, John. Um, no, and I agree with you. You know, I got a couple text messages. Oh, the two point conversion decision. It, that That's Doug. That's Doug. Exactly. I always say my response is, did you like Philly Philly? <laughs> like, you know, that's you have to you have to live with some of those uh, decisions that are not always going to convert to a success. So that's not a big story for me, despite it being one of the bigger stories uh, in general, recapping this game against the giants. All right. So Carson Wentz, here we are again, number 11, 21 of 37, um, 56% completion, 208 yards, no interceptions, also (laughs) also no touchdowns. Um, Just, you know, a couple really nice plays like always. And then a couple, um, more than a couple, probably just head scratchers. And he just was average. Yeah. And uh, he was average. I I think that's a good word. And um, that was one of his better games of the season. So average is is not good. And um, when it's one of your better games of the season, it's really not good. So yeah, it's, it's been a really difficult year for him. It's a strange year. You don't often see a, a quarterback who's played pretty well for four NFL seasons all of a sudden fall off the cliff from a, a, a descending standpoint uh, without, uh, obviously, injuries or, or things of that nature, and Carson's healthy. So uh, while I, di- I just brought up all the issues personnel-wise, and by the way, these receivers stink out loud. I mean, they're worse than last year's group. But guess what? I, I mean, I've seen Aaron Rodgers play with terrible receivers for years. He elevates them. I don't see the same from uh, Carson Wentz. Uh, so I, I think there's a lot to the – it seems like you have two camps with Carson, those who want to continue to jump on bombs for him and those who want to just kill him to no end. And yeah. there's no in between, sort of like our political culture. Dan Orlovsky is one of those guys that will jump on the bomb for Carson. Uh, and I say to myself, that fourth and ten play, and that's what I asked Doug today. I mean, what the heck are you doing as a quarterback? You you understand, and Doug admitted this, and it, I'm surprised. You you're supposed to understand that the line of scrimmage, okay. There's James Bradbury. There's an all-pro level corner who, who's locked up in man coverage against a rookie receiver who can't run a route to save his life. Fourth and 10, game on the line. You're down 24-17. He throws a back shoulder fade to Jalen Rager. <laughs> I, I mean, that decision, is a, it, it, that's a bad decision for Ben DiNucci. Never mind a fifth-year quarterback who's supposed to be elite. I mean, that's just dumb. And, and sure enough, Bradbury's all over, and he had no shot. 
I, I, you know, I, I don't know what to say about that. I would love to give you an explanation other than Doug went as far as he's going to go and saying, that was a really, really dumb decision by my quarterback. He essentially said he'd like to have that one back. What that means is that was awful, and that was awful, and that was the quarterback. Yeah. it's And I want to get to the defense, of course, in just a few minutes. Um, but let's just talk about the wide receivers a little bit more for a second. Um, you just went into great detail about that one uh, situational uh, observation, but you know, Alshon Jeffrey was back and you nailed it. You know, we talked a lot about this last week leading up to the game. He didn't get a ton of snaps. I don't know exactly what the snap count was for him, but he wasn't a factor. You saw him on the field occasionally. Um, you know, Jalen Rager was average. And like you said, the receivers weren't very good. Uh, but what about the Alshon dynamic? Did that impact that? Or am I just looking for an excuse here? No, I, I, he was out there for 18 plays, and he, and he took him away, as we expected. We mentioned on the show that came from Greg Ward's allotment. Um, for most of the game, Bradbury was locked up on Fulgham. That's the reason he didn't show up. Um, and, and Rager, you know, statistically had one of his best games, but uh, he is what he is as a rookie receiver. He's very raw and, and learning um, – on the fly. And I don't, you know, I keep hearing this John Hightower talk, like, oh, you're taking snaps away from John Hightower. Good. Good. <laughs> I mean, at least all Sean knows how to run a route. And, but, you know, he hasn't played for a calendar year. And Doug said today, you know, he'll continue to play more and he'll continue to ramp them up. Uh, and we'll see it I, again. It'll be taking playing time from Greg Ward, which is no great tragedy. There's a guy, you know, it's interesting. There are certain players with this fan base and they love Greg Ward. And for instance, they hate Nate Gary. Now they both stink. I, I, I don't know why they gravitate towards one and despise the other. I, I, I joked we're, we're, a game or two away from the seven catch for 14 yards, Greg Ward game. I mean, this guy is a receiver in the national football league and he's averaging about eight yards a catch. Yeah. There's no production from this group. And I, I, I thought there's no way it's going to be worse than last season. Guess what? It's worse than last season. Somehow. It is. And not only just the receivers, John, just everything, <laughs> like, like everything. I, I mean, Carson Wentz looks more and more lost and, you know, the offense as a whole looks more and more lost and they're coming off a bye and against a bad team. And listen, like you said, John, the Eagles aren't a good team either, but you have extra time to prepare. You have some type of momentum going into this game with extra time. And this is how they show up. It's, it's concerning. And now next week they're on the road going up against the Cleveland Browns who, you know, pulled out a, a win 10 to seven over Houston at home in a bad weather game. And I don't really know what Cleveland is, but the giants are on a bye. So what I'm getting at is the Eagles, if they somehow win next week in Cleveland, they're going to be a game and a half up over the giants and still in first in the NFC East. And they still are in first. Well, yeah, they still are in first. That's the joke. <laughs> I mean, this division is, 
two eighteen and one outside the NFC East. It's just <laughs> you know, it, it's not like the Giants are a good team. They're not. They're still learning how to win. But they're a better team than the Eagles right now. That doesn't mean they're going to win the division because they have their own issues and they still have to learn to beat some real teams, which they haven't done. They've beaten Washington twice and the Eagles once. They, they haven't won a game outside the division. So um, I, it's not like they're in any great shakes, but that's where I brought up that point of, the haughtiness of the Eagles. This is not the 2017 Eagles. This is not February of 2018. This is not when they won the Super Bowl. Uh, this is a bad football team that thinks they're a good football team and thinks they're shooting themselves in the foot. I, I you know, I will say, you know, it, it's it's difficult. You see this around the league. Like Monday Night Football tonight, people are talking, well, Minnesota's playing Chicago. Chicago's been a house of horrors for the Vikings, and people use home field and say, well, there is no home field anymore. There is none. Forget about it. So when you see uh, an empty MetLife Stadium, it's just a morgue in there. So when you talk about, you know, how did the Eagles not show up, you got to manufacture your own energy. How do you do that? I don't know how you do that. Brandon Graham can do it. Um, certain players can do it. But it's a real thing. Because these environments are just terrible uh, for these players. So in, in a lot of ways, I, I, I can understand why it takes them a little while to, to get into the flow of the game. On the other hand, you got to say you're a professional. The Giants are dealing with the same thing. The Giants typically would have 80,000 fans there uh, with, of course, lately, 30,000 of them would be Eagles fans. But nonetheless, you would have that excitement, that electricity in the air. You got yeah. nothing in, in this weird season. Yeah, you have nothing, but the Giants had nothing either. Well, yeah, I mean, that's that's yeah. what I said. It's an even right. playing field. Can't it use it as an excuse, but when people it's say how can they not, how can they not be be excited to play? Well, I yeah. mean, I, I think it's pretty self evident. I, I, you know, think about your own lives. Think about your own daily lives. It's, you know, how many people? Well, they can't go in the office, so they wear sweatpants all day. How many people do that? You know, we we got. I, I mean, it happens all the time. It's tough to get ramped up if you don't have the accoutrements there. If you know what I'm saying, and yeah, I, I don't think the Eagles are any different than anybody else. But it is difficult. Yeah, no, it's it, it's tough, and it's been a tough year. And if you're a team like the Eagles who are struggling, you know those um, factors outside factors i guess you can call them are, are only making it making your life more difficult um so john you wrote an article uh on sports illustrated speculation blows up around the struggling eagles and why don't you fill us in on that honestly i did not read this entire article yet oh come um, on right i know man i know i'm being honest but i i'm going through it right now and uh you know of course you and i have talked a lot about this throughout the year but here we are Another loss, day after a loss, 
And I remember asking you last week, we just need to see some progress. Can we see some progress with the Eagles and consistency over four quarters? It doesn't look like that's ever going to happen. Um, so this speculation about blowing things up, is that going to become more and more realistic moving forward? Well, I, I think there are levels to blowing it up. And again, that's that's Mike Silver had that report from the NFL Network, and it was very sort of murky. Uh, there was no real concrete aspects to it. Um, you know, he mentioned how well liked Doug Peterson is in the building, which is true. Uh, I can tell you, I, I haven't seen Mike in an Eagles practice in two years. So um, <laughs> the fact that he's talking about uh, Carson Wentz's sloppy practice habits, which, by the way, date back to his rookie season. I mean, John Filippo and, and, and Frank Reich would often look, this guy's got to get better with his mechanics. He's got to get more uh, consistent with his mechanics. Now we're five years in. We're talking about the same kind of stuff. So there is some sloppiness to his game, but we've talked about that for a very long time. Uh, and in a lot of ways, I've talked about that with Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes, some really superstar modern quarterbacks. You strive. And I always, you know, I asked John Filippo once, who, who was the guy you point to for McCann? Say, okay, do it like this guy. And it's Carson Palmer, who yeah. had these perfect mechanics. I mean, just so consistent. I've always, and I, I'm sure I've used this analogy with you before, Ryan, I've always compared it, uh, Patrick Mahomes to Steph Curry in the NBA. I mean, if, yep. if you, if, if 10 years ago, forget about 15, 20, you don't have to go back very far. If you would pull up from 30 feet in an NBA game, a coach might run out on the court and strangle you dead in front of the crowd right. when there was crowds. <laughs> now it's a good shit, yeah. F. Curry, or it has been in the past. You get my point. Mm -hmm. And that's where we've seen these plays yeah. where passes from Patrick Mahomes, throwing across his body. Because he can do it. Um, and and that some of that stuff was baked, not obviously, not to the success that Patrick has had. But some of that same kind of stuff was baked in with Carson Wentz. It's no longer really there. In fact, if you go back to that Giants game last year when the Eagles clinched the division, he had that throw across his body, that awful throw. Uh, in the middle of the field across the defense, guess what? Found the receiver, touchdown. About decisions versus results. What a great play, everybody was saying. It was a terrible decision. Yeah. It was a great result. And, and that's what uh, is missing with Carson Wentz. These spectacular plays, where have they gone? Is it just personnel? But if you're talking about blowing up this team, I'll tell you right now, the GM's going to be there. Jeffrey Lurie's not moving away from Howie Roseman. I think the coach is going to be there. Should be there. I mentioned this on a different show, Ryan. February of 2018. February of 2018. This team won a Super Bowl, a championship for the first time since 1960. And we're not even to February 2020, excuse me, 2021. 
and Doug can't yeah. I So he's not going anywhere unless he butts heads with Howie Roseman. So that leaves Carson Wentz. And if Carson Wentz continues to play the rest of this season, the way he has the first half of this season, yeah, he's in trouble. But even him, because of his contact, he's probably in trouble but 2022, not necessarily 2021. So it depends what your definition of blown up is. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what it is either. I know you don't know. It all, it all varies, and uh, people use blow up and, and uh, have different things in mind. But uh, just one more question here regarding Carson Wentz and, and Doug Peterson and something that Doug said yesterday and after the game last week and even this morning. Um, you know, put the blame on me. I'll, I'll worry about the players. Uh, he said last week, we're not going to change who Carson is. I'm paraphrasing a little bit. And Carson doubled down on, on that as well. You know, at what point behind the scenes, and this is just speculation for us, but at what point does Doug say, all right, man, we have to reel things in. And he has to maybe start treating him like a Nick Foles and just say, let's simplify things. This is where you – I am telling you to go with the ball on this play. If it's not there, you throw it away. You know, like, like at what point do they get to that level here just to try and almost save the guy's career? Or is that a little No, dramatic? I don't think it's dramatic. That's one of the reasons I brought up that fourth and 10 play because it was essentially, you know, there's where Doug said there are options built into that play call. And it's up to the quarterback to make the right decision. Well, the right decision is to see 24 on the other side and go in the other direction. That's the right decision as a quarterback. Now, are we at the point where you have to take that away and just say, and just run the play? I, I called. You know, he wants to be Peyton Manning. He wants to run things at the line of scrimmage. I'm talking about Carson Wentz. Uh, I think he's proven to he can't do that. So, yeah, somebody's got to get through to them. And whether it's whether you want to call it simplifying, uh, he doesn't have to fold his personality. I always say Nick he craved being told what to do. Nick didn't want those options. He wanted to be told what to do. Carson doesn't want that. So that's one of the things that Doug is, is wrangling with. Uh, and right now, Carson is – is not handling the auto autonomy he does have uh, very well. And it, a lot of that is probably lost confidence, to be honest. And again, I, I, I'll, I'll go back to where I started, personnel. If the personnel is better, if Brandon Brooks is out there, if Isaac Samalo is out there, if Zach Ertz is out there, uh, if Dallas Goddard didn't get hurt, if Rager had been playing the whole season, who knows? Um, it would be better. How much better? It is right now, but I don't think it would be championship better. Let's put it that way. This team needs a personnel makeover. So we'll go back to blown up now. Yeah, they're going to have to make drastic changes on this roster. That's the biggest blow up. Drastic changes to the NFC East leader, Philadelphia Eagles, coming off another uh, poor 
performance, losing to the New York Giants 27-17. Carson Wentz was average at best. Some decisions, with the benefit of hindsight, average at best. Uh, And now the Eagles have to shift gears, move forward, and try and figure out how to get a win in Cleveland against the Browns. John McMullen and I will be discussing much more about the Philadelphia Eagles throughout the entire week here for your nightly football fix on the fix on AM 1490 sports betting radio. And like I said, follow John on Twitter at JF McMullen extending the play every Saturday morning right here on 1490, 10 AM to 11 AM and phillyvoice.com and si.com. All right, John, we'll, uh, we'll get more into this team and the game that's uh, on the schedule here next. All right, Cleveland Browns, can't wait to get started in that one. And, you know, by the way, you never know what happens in this league. For instance, Drew Brees is going to be out for a while. So who knows? That Saints game might down the road might be a little bit easier than expected. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.